Come on. Uh, you, you need to be a little bold with it. I am the faithful. Say, I'm the faithful. Say, I'm reliable to God. Can God count on you? Can Jesus count on you? Can the Holy Spirit count on you? Okay, if you can't say amen, say oh me. Is what, you know, anyway. And so long-term success is achieved because you're faithful. You have to be faithful. And let me say this. Grace is free, but maturity is not. You have to mature in the things of God. You have to mature. And so we're going to read what Paul told Timothy. And uh, Paul knew this and instructed Timothy to impart everything that he had learned from him to other reliable and faithful people. Now, let's just say this. Timothy was a pastor. Paul was an apostle. And Paul taught Timothy. Timothy was raised in a Christian household, but he had a call on his life. And Paul told him to teach other people that you find that are reliable, that are faithful. And so I'm teaching every one of you today because I call you reliable and faithful. Okay? And so there are things that we need to know that we have to walk in. And so let's go ahead and turn. If you've got a, a Bible, or open up your phone, 2 Timothy 2. We're going to read 1 through 7. And Paul's talking to Timothy, and he says, and I'm reading a New American Standard Bible. It says, You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable people or faithful people who will also be qualified to teach others. I believe in the last days you're going to have to be a teacher. There are people going to come to you and say, I need Jesus. What do you got? They're going to see something on you or, or see you carrying a Bible or see you say something about praise God, and they're going to say, tell me about this God. And you're going to have to share Jesus with them. And so uh, as we look at this, uh, he, he go to verse 3. Look what it says now. There are three things that we're going to bring out in this series. He says, join me in suffering like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. A soldier. That's what we're talking about today. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer, Jesus. Similarly, anyone who competes as an athlete does not receive the victor's crown except by competing according to the rules. And verse 6, the hardworking farmer should be the first to receive a crop or share of the crop. Come on, you need to be cultivating your life and planting in your life, and you need to receive first because you can't help anybody else if you're starving. And so reflect on what I'm saying, for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. So, Father, give us insight into all of this in the name of Jesus as we start with being a soldier, stirring our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Paul used these three images. Look at number one, a soldier, an athlete, a farmer, to describe a faithful person. And so we need to be soldiers, we need to be athletes, and we need to be farmers. Today we're talking about being a soldier. I've had youth in my youth group years back. They went to the Marines. And this one boy, I used to, every, every Sunday I would go up to him and he wouldn't look me in the eye. He was a foster kid and I'd shake his hand. I said, look at me, look at me, look at me, man. God loves you and I love you. But he was all bent down, y'all this. Man, when he come back as a Marine, you talking about straight. Looked like they put a steel rod down his back. And he is, he's a Marine, baby. His head's up. He's straight up. He looked you in the eye, shake your hand, changed him. And he became a soldier. And it changed his life. You know what? Being a Christian and being a soldier should change your life. And so you've got to have some, something about you is different because you're serving the Most High God and you're 
<laughs> Back in World War II, that just before my time, I, I looked like I was, you know, there in World War II, but I may never march in the infantry, ride in the cavalry, shoot the artillery. I may never fly or the enemy, but I'm in the Lord's army. Yes, sir. That's what we used to do. And so the kids learn that, yes, sir. Well, you need to say yes, sir, to Jesus and ask him, what, 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 what do I need to do today? I'm a soldier for you. What do I need to do? And, and we're not by ourselves. The Holy Spirit's with us. But we need to be on a mission. And we'll talk about it. So number two, the first description of a faithful Christian is like a soldier. Uh, that's what I've already said. But I want to read a different translation, uh, three, two, three and four. They'll put it back up there. But listen to what it says. Uh, in verse 3, who will endure hardship as a part of his calling? Good soldiers do not get involved in things that distract them from following the commanders, their commanders, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. No matter, they maintain their focus. In order to be faithful to Jesus, our total focus must be on fighting the battle of faith with him not on gaining worldly position. You know, think about it. You got men in the battlefield, and, and, and they have, they have a, a, all kinds of things, weaponry, helmets, and all this. But just think about being in the battle, and, and say we're in the trenches and shooting at the enemy. The enemy, okay, shoot, shooting at the enemy. <laughs> Boom, you know, and then one guy goes, you know, he, he's just a grunt. He don't know anything. He goes, time out. Time out. He gets up and starts walking. Time. There's no time out in battle. And he goes up to his commanding officer and says, I, I, it's time for me to be general. I need my position now. No. you got to fight the battle and, and the battle that's raging before you. And we'll get into who we're fighting. It's not other people. It's a spiritual battle. But every fight in the Old Testament is likened unto a spiritual battle. Everything that they, they fought, the, the Hittites, the uh, Jebusites, the Parasites, the whatever, you know, they fought all these different people, but that's a spiritual battle. There are, there are Hittites in the spirit. There are Jebusites and there are Parasites in the spirit that will attach themselves to you that you need to be fighting off instead of loving on. Sometimes the devil's sitting in your lap and you pet it like a cat. This is my... This is my bursitis. No. Get out of here. You know, four weeks ago I couldn't do this, but I've been speaking the word to this. And I'm going to do everything I can. I even went to the doctor and said, you know what, I'm tired of this. I want this better. And so you got to fight the good fight of faith. Some people say, well, the Lord doesn't heal today. Then don't go to the hospital. Come on, get in agreement with God. Go to the hospital. Use every means that he can. He's the bomb of Gilead. He's medicine for your soul. He's medicine for your body. He's the healer of every sickness and disease. He is. If there's a hundred healing scripture, God's trying to tell you something. And you have to fight. It just doesn't happen. You know, it's kind of like, you know, I'm waiting on the Lord to bless me. What do you It's like that guy. I'm going to bring it up again. He told me, he, I'm ready. I'm waiting on the Lord to call me to Africa today. I'm waiting on the phone call. I said, what? I said, I, I've never known him, known him to minister or even teach a Bible study. I said, well, how are you preparing? Oh, I, I'm just, I'm, I'll be ready when the call comes. No, you won't. 
You got to get ready. You got to get ready. You need to show yourself up. It's time to be a soldier. Amen? It's time to fight. F-I-G-H-T. You know what really shook me to make me want to fight as a Christian? When I had children. Oh, my goodness. I got this little girl. Then I had another little girl. And then I had a son. And I want to fight for them. I need to fight for them. I need to train them to fight. I need them to walk in, in, in what God has for them. I need to, the Bible says, to train up your children in the fear and admonition of the Lord, in the respect and admonition of the Lord. And it rocked me. You know, uh, I, I used to dip skull and everything. It rocked me so much I quit dipping skull because I wanted to be a good f- dad for my children. And I, y'all, don't, y'all don't know, you know, nobody's ever been addicted to anything in here, but that's all right. <laughs> I, I want to read before I dive into some deeper things, but in Pro, Proverbs 21, 31, look what this says. The horse is prepared for the day of battle. They had battle horses. They put armor on them and everything, but the victory belongs to the Lord. What that means is you need to prepare for the battle. But the victory it belongs to the Lord because he gives you the victory. He empowers you to victory. You think, well, I got the strength to muster through this. No. No, the devil will keep trying you till you learn how to stop him. Till you learn that he doesn't fight fair. He's not merciful. Matter of fact, he's retarded. I know that's not a politically correct term, but we're going to use it on the devil. He is. He doesn't stop. He thinks he's going to win, and he never wins. Even if you die, you still win. Hey, so you're a winner. You're an overcomer. You overcome depression. You overcome everything. Sickness, disease, you're an overcomer by the blood of the Lamb and the word of your testimony. And so your testimony, maybe your testimony needs to change. Whoa, 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 whoa. Quit being negative Nancy. Negative Ned. It's like the old boy that was in the paratroopers and he jumped out of the plane and his chute didn't open. And he's falling, and he's just passing by everybody. He goes, yeah, I bet there ain't going to be a truck down there to pick me up either. (laughs) Like that was the worst thing he needed to be thinking about. But that's, you know, we have got to get our focus on what God is doing in us and what God has done in us, what Jesus did for us. We live in America, and we're fighting for peace. We get distracted for comfort. We get distracted the Yankees lost. Oh, my life's about to come to an end. What? You know, we're distracted. That's why I like that. That Let me read that one more time. It says, who will endure hardship? Hardship? Nobody wants hardship. We live in America. But sometimes hardship's going to come. But we're overcomers even in hardship. And so hardship comes. But, but good soldiers do not get involved in things that distract them from following their commanders. What's distracting you from serving the Lord? What's distracting you from getting into the Word? Is it Facebook? Is it Twitter? Do you go to that first? How about let's go to the Bible first and then go to all the Facebook and Twitter you want. But let's get in the Word first. Every morning, let's get in the Word first. Let's put the Bible app on your phone. Put it on your computer and get into the Word. Find something to read. Follow somebody that's preaching 
And don't just go down the same rabbit trail. What do you mean by that, Pastor? If that's all you feed on, you're going to starve to death if you feed on one doctrine. You're going to starve to death. It's the whole gospel. It's everything Jesus said. It's not just one thing, this thing. You know, I've had people that got talked out of their salvation. They didn't get talked out of their salvation, but they were so hammered by people who just have one doctrine. Baptism, baptism, baptism. If the preacher didn't baptize you, stand on one foot, you didn't get it, you're not saved. That has nothing to do with it. That's works. It's the heart what God cares about. Give your heart to Jesus. Then when your heart's changed, you will live for Jesus. Your mouth will clean up. He'll start talking to you about being negative. He'll start talking about you putting the word of God in your mouth so you can live by it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee. Remember you know, last Sunday I talked about you get into the word. If people will read the word four times a week, 60% of them quit watching pornography. That's Christians. That's, that's, What? But if you'll get into the Word, it will change your life. The Word of God will change your life. It will give you wisdom that you never thought you had. The Holy Spirit will have stuff to draw from. So it's like this. My, my daughter is, is a nurse, and she was in nursing school, one of the toughest in the countries, and she would call me, okay, Dad, I got a test today. I'm walking in here to take this test. Pray for me. I said, all right, everything you've studied, everything you've studied, everything you've studied, will come to remembrance in the name of Jesus. The Holy Spirit has something to work with because you've studied. You have sat in the classroom, and the Holy Spirit will work with everything that you've heard and everything you've heard from that teacher. Huh? And then I added, even things you don't know, the Holy Spirit will help you answer those. But if you're sitting there and you haven't studied and you're going, I don't know what I'm going to do, you ain't going to do well. She went in with confidence, but she also added prayer to it. See, the horse was ready for battle, but the Lord gave the victory. Amen. She took two, two courses back the same year that they said, no, you don't need to do that. They're too hard. And if she hadn't had an hour between the, the final test, she would have made A on both of them. She made A and a B. She still passed. But the thing about it is you bathe everything in prayer, everything asking God to help you, but you've got to do your part. Amen? Okay. Then let's dig in. Number three, like a soldier put on the full armor of God. Paul used a Roman soldier. Uh, and they were dressed for battle. And I, I just want to throw this out there. He used them as an example, and these boys weren't saved. They were ruthless. They could kill you just because they wanted to and get away with it. They might get a slap on the wrist. Don't be doing those people that way. That's why Jesus said, when they come, this is what the scripture, give them your coat and your cloak if they ask for it. Don't go, you're not taking my stuff. And they go, shoot, and you're over, over a coat. Because they had the authority and the power to do it. Now, what I want you to recognize as a Christian soldier, you have authority and power to shut the devil down. And it's time for you to start shutting the devil down. 
Get him off your kids. Get him off your finances. Get him out of your house. Get him off your mama. Get him off your daddy. Get him off whoever. Because we have an enemy. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Jesus cast out the devil. Oh, on this page he cast out the devil. Turn the page. He cast out the devil. Over here he cast out the devil. The devil's behind everything. Evil. John 10, 10. I have come to give life and life more abundantly. Doesn't mean hard times aren't coming. We'll dig into that. Let's just break this stuff down. We're going to go through it one at a time. We're going to read Ephesians 6. We're going to start in verse 10. And I'm going to hang out in the first two verses pretty good. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now, his might, his power, that's his dunamis. And, And the Greek is like he poured it. He's pouring it into you. When you got saved, he poured power into you. And most people never talk about it, never recognize it. They're never taught about it, but you have power available. And I'm talking spiritual power. This is for spiritual warfare we're talking about today. Then you are in a spiritual battle. And there's no time out. Hold on, hold on, time out. No time out. But you know what? You are fit for battle. You are well able to take the land. We are well able to take the land. We are well able to see our, our, our family saved. We're well able to see them empowered. We're well able. Amen? And so as we look at this, it, it says, be strong in the Lord. Let God pour into you a little bit more. If you don't recognize the power, if you never recognize the power of God, you'll never walk in it. It's like if you never get in the vehicle, you're never going to travel anywhere. You're going to walk. Too many Christians walking. Just beat up. Oh, devil hit me all over the place. Bless his holy name. Wrong one, ain't it? Recognize you have an enemy. That's what the armor's for. Why would Paul teach this? Because look, look, let's back up. Uh, In verse 10. What's the first word? Finally. Let me say this last. Let me say this at the last because this is what you need to remember. This is what you need to know. I mean, he talked about this and that and the other in Ephesians, but he said this is what is important and you really need to know. Finally, hear me on this. I'm leaving you with this so you'll know this. You're in a battle. Come on, God's got you, got you. God's got you with the strength. You're going to recognize it? You're going to use it? Or are you going to just try to do it yourself? Get out of you. Leave me alone. You, you argue with somebody when it's a spirit behind it. You're addressing the fruit, not the root. Let's go after the, spiritually, you have to go after the root. All right, let's go further. Let's go further. Verse 12, our struggle, I'm sorry, 11, put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. There are those distractions right there, schemes. He comes scheming for you to stop you, to distract you, to keep you focused on the Yankees losing or whatever, your college football team. 
or whatever. That's not life and death. Life and death is your child. Life and death is your spouse. Life and death is your family. That's life and death. Your job's not life and death. But God says work and I'll provide for you. And so here we are. Let's, let's, let's just put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm. In verse 12, for our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the powers, against the world forces uh, of this darkness, against the spiritual for- forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. So what does that mean? I'll give you an example. Washington, D.C., Congress, Senate, President, Vice President, there is a spirit that sits over that city trying to control those people. Putin in Russia attacking the Ukraine. For what? Only his gain and glory. Where did he get that ideal? Powers, principalities, rulers of darkness. So how do you pray? You bind powers and principalities and rulers of darkness with the power of God that God has given you. Even in our little wonderful town of Whitfield, rural retreat, every little town, their spirit sent to harass this city to keep people from, to get them distracted and chasing something else instead of Jesus. And sends people, even people who hate Jesus, who hate Christians, and they'll put up some kind of shop or some kind of show or some kind of whatever to distract people from following Jesus. This is how it works. That's why we need to be binding the spirits over our city, over every city, over our state. So go back and read read uh, Daniel. Daniel prayed in 21 days. He was waiting on the answer. And the angel finally showed up. I mean, Daniel's fasting and like, what am I doing wrong? What am I doing wrong? And the angel said, you know what? I was sent to day one, but there was a spirit over. It's a prince over this area that stopped me. I had to go back and get some help. It's called spiritual warfare. You know, an angel came and broke Peter out of jail, but it was prayer that sent the angel. That's why we pray. It's time to pray. Drive down the road. Turn that radio off and pray. Man, I'm driving over Whitfield. Lord, bless Whitfield. I thank you. Salvation has come to Whitfield. Eyes are open. People hear the word of God. They desire. There's a hunger in Whitfield for Jesus. I, I do that all the time. And we need to be doing it all the time together. My children are hungry for the Lord. My grandchildren are hungry for the Lord. That's, that needs to be coming out of your mouth. Everything you say. Uh, Mark eleven twenty three 23 says, when you, when you pray, speak unto the mountain, be thou removed. But it says, when you say, everything you say is a prayer. Well, I be down. Aha. That means totally, utterly, completely destroyed. You got to change that. Don't say that prayer. And that's why Jesus said, can bitter water and sweet water come out of the same pool? Come on, you're saved. Quit that. Learn to declare the blessing and not the curse. It looks bad out there. Looks bad out there. Woo, looks real bad over there. That's not, you don't have an opinion, soldier. You go fight. And you fight from right here. You can fight in Taiwan from right here. Isn't that awesome? There's no distance in the spirit. Okay, let's dig in. Let's dig in. Verse 13, they says, Therefore, again, take up the full armor of God that you'll be able to resist on the evil day. 
How many recognize the evil day is here? It's time to start resisting. So what do we got to do? So we got to put on some stuff. It's time to resist. Stand firm. Therefore, having, and if you look at your sheet on the notes, A, belt your waist with the truth. You got the truth. And if you look at at a Roman soldier, the belt was the most important thing. It held his his breastplate on. It it had a hook to hang his sword on. It had another hook to hang his shield on because it was heavy. And the sword's heavy. And everything connected to the belt of truth, the Word of God. The Word of God is your source and your strength and your help. The Word of God. In the Word of God is faith. In the Word of God is your righteousness. In the Word of God. Come on. So stay with me. I'm putting a belt on. Now, now I'm not literally telling you every morning you need to put a belt on. Uh, if you like me, you got to, your pants will fall down. But, but I'm not talking about literally getting up, putting a But know that you have a belt of truth. And the more you're in the Word of God, the more the truth prevails in your heart. The bigger your faith is, the stronger your faith is. Hmm? So everybody say truth. Truth. All right. B, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm going to give you the simplest definition of righteousness. Are you ready? Right standing with God. Jesus paid the price at Calvary for you to have right standing with God. The Bible says that our righteousness is as filthy rags, but his righteousness in us is awesome. And I stand in his righteousness. Therefore, I can go with what Hebrews said. I can go to the throne of grace and obtain mercy in time of help. Well, Lord, I really hadn't been in the word. That's where you go, oh, Lord, okay, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm coming to the throne of grace because I need some mercy and help right here. Forgive me for not being in the word. I'm changing today. You're wiped away. You're in right standing with God. Every time you repent for doing wrong, you step right back into right standing with God. But guess who doesn't forgive you? You. You don't forgive yourself. Come on, let's get right. We have right standing with God. Amen? So you put on the breastplate. If you look at it, it's made out of metal. It protects you, and the belt holds it together. You're covered in the back. You're covered in the front. Your righteousness is all over you. God's righteousness is all over you. Everybody with me say, I'm right with God. If you don't think you're right with God, get right with God. It was paid for. You know, who, who got a, a, the ice yet last Sunday? Anybody get the ice? Did anybody get the donuts, the beignets? They were paid for. Shame on you if you didn't get one. I paid those guys. And shame on you if you didn't get one because they were paid for. When you stand before Jesus and you, and uh, well, Lord, I, I, he goes, I paid for you to have righteousness. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, you know it now. And he'll remind you of this service. So we're right with God. Put on that breath. You have a breastplate of righteousness. You're right with God. That, and you'll hear him go, whoo, because that makes you free when it becomes real to you. Because most Christians are beat up every Sunday. You know, are you right with God? Are you you going to hell? You need to get right here and repent. This is where you get it, right here. No. You get it in here. 
It don't matter if it's in the bathroom, in another room, or driving down the road. I know people on the lawnmower that got it. And they come off the lawnmower like, God just visited me. But they were asking God to visit them. They were hungry for more God. Glory, glory, glory. Verse 15, and having strapped on your feet the preparation of the gospel of peace. Come on, your boots. The Roman soldiers had cleats on their boots. And when they put that shield up and they locked their feet down, they couldn't be moved. Especially their shields interlocked and all that kind of good stuff. And the enemy just bounced off of them. Come on, you have peace no matter what you're going through. It's available. You're not looking for the peace, though. I've had peace, and shoot, my dad passed, went to heaven. I had peace. I did the sermon. I did the funeral, and people said, man, you need to come back and do my funeral. But it was so peaceful. I could have been to pieces, but I knew where he's at. Why to be to pieces when he's in heaven? I got up and said he's out, he can outrun me right now. Huh? He's, he's better looking than I am right now. It don't take much, does it? That's what he's going, amen, he said right here. Mark that down on him. No, I'm just kidding. But, but they are. They're healthy. They're blessed. Man, I'm rejoicing. And it's hard because we miss them here, but that's our flesh, not our spirit. So peace. You're supposed to take the peace of God with you wherever you go. No matter what you're going through, and I'm not saying you got to be just a, a, a grinning idiot, but you know you've got peace. You know on the inside that God's got you and you've got him, and you're walking with him, and he's walking with you, even when times are t trouble, even when there's trouble and circumstances, situations of life. Verse 16, in addition to all taking up the shield of faith with which you may be able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Hmm. Uh, if you, uh, I just remembered Rick Renner teaches this. He's a Greek scholar. And he went into school one year. I think it's maybe the 10th grade or something. And his daddy went to the same school. And uh, his daddy was, he, he's Rick, but he had his daddy's same name as Ricky. And the teacher looked at him and said, Ricky Renner. He goes, no, that's my daddy. And she went, stupid, stupid, stupid. Called him stupid. Don't you think that'd be a fiery dart of the wicked? Yeah. And so, you know, the fiery dart of the wicked, he, he comes to dispel you, and, and you know, and if people are gossiping about you, he makes sure you hear it. So, it. so it sticks you. But your shield, see, your shield, they soaked those shields. They were heavy. They soaked them in water. So when the fiery dart, it went out. Covered it with oil, which is the anointing of God. Now, the Bible says that every person in here and every person in earth has faith. God has given to each one the measure of faith. Each one. Are you an each one? Then say, I have faith. Now, the Bible explains that we could have great faith, little faith, weak faith, strong faith. But you have faith. And you need to exercise it and develop it. And the Word of God, faith comes by hearing, and hearing the Word of God, and knowing what the Word says, being strengthened by the Word of God. The Word of God strengthens our faith, 
and we have a shield. And that shield can even be a weapon. Okay? Use your faith. Start declaring what the Word of God says over you, over your children, over your spouse. You have faith. When are you going to use it? And I know people of great faith that just put it on the shelf and just, you know, I'm ready to go home. Don't do that. Let's fight it to the end. Let's be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. That means your faith should be great. The, the Bible even talks about fake faith. Oh, hallelujah, I, I just believe God, I love You don't, they don't no more love God than the man in the moon. They're just talking. I'll give you an example. It's called a religious spirit. They, they can talk about Jesus, but they don't live for him. I, had, I, was doing the, I went to the jail to do a Bible study and had about seven guys, and this guy just took over the meeting. Just started talking about Jesus and this, Jesus, that, and it just graded me. And I'm like, Lord, what am I supposed to do? And this guy's just talking, talking. I said, oh, oh, hey, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. Listen, if Jesus is so great for you, what are you doing in here? Well, you ain't been following him. You haven't been doing the word. I'm not trying to disparage you, but listen, this is my hour. You got 23, you can talk to these guys. This is my hour to speak to them. But he was just rambling on and on and just a bunch of stuff that stirred. It was just a bunch of junk, a bunch of religious stuff. But we want the real, don't we? Okay? So, so we want to do what's real with God, and we need the peace of God. But we need to use our faith, and we need to, to have it up and be real. We need to be active using our faith to quench fiery darts. Because fiery darts are going to come, but the person who shoots them is not the enemy. Okay, it's the devil. Did y'all see where the devil ran into the Circle K and robbed the Circle K? Nope. You saw where a person ran into the Circle K and robbed the Circle K. But they were being used by the enemy. They were being deceived by the enemy. This is a quick fix. You rob this store and then you'll be, you'll be, uh, you'll, you'll be debt free. Yeah, in prison you'll be debt free. But, but see, that's deception. That's deception. And the enemy comes to deceive. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. If he can't kill you, he wants to destroy you. He wants to steal from you. Being in prison is stealing your life. Come on, learn to bind him. Say, I'm ready. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. <laughs> After the shield of faith, Verse 17, and take ye the helmet of salvation. The helmet of salvation. This is the battleground right here, folks. I don't even know if I'm saved or not. Well, then you need to know what you must do. Romans 10, 9, and 10. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. If you believe that he's the Son of God, that he died on the cross for your sins is what it means. If he died on the cross for your sickness is what it means. If he died, if he was born of a virgin, Mary, come on, he was prophesied all through ages, and he manifest as a baby and lived as a man. You believe that he died on the cross for your sins. You confess it with your mouth. You're saved. You don't have to stand on one leg. You don't have to run around the church. You don't have to whip yourself. You know, like back in the dark ages, they, people beat themselves trying to get saved. Hallelujah. Thank God we don't have to sacrifice lambs anymore. It'd be a bloody mess up here. 
I've waded through that mess, but I, you know, you don't want that in church. But they did back in the day. Once and for all, Jesus died for me, and I have a helmet of salvation, and my mind knows that I know that I'm a child of God. That's my solical man. Bless the Lord, oh, my soul. My soul. Remember, we talked about the rich man and Lazarus, and they both died, and one went to hell, and one went to Abraham's bosom. The rich man remembered his brothers. That's a solical man. Don't answer, but two times two is four. Huh? That's in your solical man. A, B, C, D, E, F, G is in your solical man. But God uses the solical man, the ABCs, and your vo voice, and, and even be able to count. God can use all that in your solical man for the spirit realm. Okay? So we're, we, we're in the world, but not of it. And so we need to have our helmet of salvation on. We need to know it. And, and if you look at a Roman soldier, man, there was horse hair, and they dyed it red sometimes. They put feathers in it. So everybody knew that here comes a Roman. He's a Roman soldier. Can people recognize you got a helmet of salvation on? Do they know you're saved? Does everybody you work with know you're saved? You cuss with them, laugh with them. Just saying, come on, we're different. We're called to God, and we have a helmet of salvation. And please quit headbutting people with your helmet of salvation. You ain't saved like me. Huh. But the devil, not people. If you think people aren't, aren't believing correctly, aren't living correctly, then you live it before them. You show them what's correct by your life, by your attitude, by how you walk. And let that be enough. Don't headbutt somebody with the word or with, with your salvation. Well, you're not like me. Mm. We're the church. No, we're not. We're a, we're a part of the church. Amen. And nobody is the church. We're all with Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, you belong with us. Or we belong with you. Every church has a different calling. Every church has a different uh, uh, an outreach or what they do. But, man, we all have a place in the kingdom of God. We're in the body of Christ. So put your helmet on, okay? And don't use it as a weapon. It can be. Use it on the enemy. Now, F, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Okay, the Word of God becomes a weapon for you. Not against people. The Bible says that if you use the Word of God against people, it says the letter of the law kills it's the love of God and the kindness of God that draws people to repentance, and you use the Word of God against the devil. Pray the Word of God. Pray the Word of God over yourself to build your faith. Pray the Word of God over our community, as we said, but come on, let's get specific with the Word of God and pray over somebody. Just like we did at the beginning of the service, we prayed over that young lady that was in the car wreck. We prayed over somebody's ear to open. I prayed over every one of you, specifically to be healed in the name of Jesus. Huh? And so you add scripture to it. Matthew 8, 17, Jesus bore our sickness and infirmities. Do you know that it says in the Old Testament that God sent his word? We know in the New Testament that the word of God is Jesus, but he sent his word to heal us. Spiritually and physically, 
mentally and emotionally. He sent his word to heal us. So, so, so let me tell you this. Let's just go ahead and address. If you're dealing with depression, I'm going to break that off of you in the name of Jesus. Depression has no right to be in your life. That's a distraction by the enemy to stop you from doing God's good work that he has called you to. I rebuke depression off of you because it comes to, it comes to rest on all of us. Don't cuddle it up like a cat. No. Kick that cat out. Depression, leave in the name of Jesus. I declare it to leave out of your life right now in Jesus' name. Whatever you think, whatever you think you're supposed to have that you don't have is depressing you, I rebuke that. Because you have everything in God's Word, and it will change physically when you start pursuing it. The Word of God changed my life because I pursued it. And I started asking. I got prepared for battle. In work, in life, in marriage as a father, it prepared me for battle. That's what this sermon's about. It's time to be a soldier. It's time to be a soldier. The Word of God. It's an offensive weapon. I, I would say, and I learned it years ago when I was in playing sports in high school, and back in World War I. And uh, <laughs> anyway, a good offense beats a good defense anytime. A good offense will beat a good defense. A great offense will destroy a good defense. Keep the devil on the run. Go after him. Quit waiting to respond. Oh, oh, the pastor, the devil just, just he's trying to trip me up. No, don't wait for that. Don't respond to that. Well, we'll bind him. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, and I will help stand you up, and I will put. But you know what? You need to be going after him. I bind the devil today in the name of Jesus. The presence of God lives in me. I, I am, I've got a helmet of salvation. Thank God I'm saved. I have the victory. Thank God I'm victorious in Christ Jesus. Thank God I'm an overcomer. When's the last time you said that? Yeah, crickets. You've got to have a strong confession. You've got to know who you are. And that, when I said that boy came back as a Marine, dude, he knew who he was. His head's up. He's back. I know who I am. I'm a Marine. I'll always be a Marine. I've been through the, you know, I had one that went to the Marines, and he said, Sergeant, I can't see the target. My, my sights are too big. He goes, son, a Marine wheels a bullet to the target. Hear me, we're soldiers of the Lord and we can't be distracted. We got to go after the devil. Recognize, wait a minute. Maybe you've been beat up your whole life and you haven't recognized it's the devil. I don't know why the Lord's putting me through this. Eh. Jesus said, I've come to give you life. Huh? Well, I know the Lord's putting me through these hard times trying to teach me something. The Bible says that the scripture is given to cor for correction and to help you understand. If you get into the Word, you're going to be corrected. Maybe you are reaping what you've sown. You haven't sown anything. And everything the devil's planting in you, you're letting it grow. I'm depressed. I'm sick. I'm tired. I don't have a job. We can't ever get ahead. Uh, we're always a day late and a dollar short. You know, that's just how we McClary's are. Quit seeing that. The Bible says in Deuteronomy that you're, as a believer, you're supposed to be blessed coming in and blessed going out. Your children are blessed. Your basket in store, that's your checking account and your savings account. Well, I don't have a savings account. It's time to get one. 
It's time to get one so God can put something in it. Come on, that's a step of faith. That you'll be the head and not the tail above, only not beneath. That's called favor. Do you know God wants to favor you? <laughs> Man, when I, we started pursuing God, and my wife's in here somewhere maybe, but I, I always helped put her through school. She's running all over helping kids and stuff, but the last, her, her last year of college, man, I mean, I, I had some money when we got married, and, uh, but I, I'm putting her through school and stuff, and we kind of come to the end of it, and I'm like, okay, Lord, I, you're teaching me about giving. You're teaching me about your word, and, and you know, I'm supposed to be blessed. I, you know, I thought this just worked for preachers maybe, even not, you know, and I'm not a preacher. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to run my business. I'm trying to, uh, you know, do, do, and the phone rings. And the favor of God was on the other line. Hey, let me talk to Lisa. I said, Lisa, for you. Hey, Lisa, this is a, the teacher's sorority, and we've had, had this scholarship for four years, and we haven't given to anybody, and we want to give you the money. Because we want you to be, we want to give you the money and see you finish school. This is your senior year. It paid for all the books, it paid for all the classes, it paid, we had cash for gasoline. We were blessed. That's the favor of God. They could have thought of anybody. I mean, there's, you know, 500,000 people in that area. And God put her on their heart. That's the favor of God. Come on. It's the favor of God. And so you got to start. Have, do, you have, do you have expectations the favor of God's coming to you? You need to. Come on. God's favor's on me everywhere I go. Huh? Okay. Oh, we got to land this airplane. Verse 18, with prayer. Uh, somebody said prayer is another weapon that, that, that's not listed. It's called a lance, a spear, long distance. <laughs> Reach out and touch somebody. That's what we're talking about, prayer. It's prayer. Look what it says. With every prayer and request, pray at all times in the Spirit. If you don't know how to pray in the Spirit, get over here and get with these people, and this prayer, these prayer ladies. Let them pray with you. And within the view, it says, and with this in view, be alert with all perseverance and with every request for all the saints. And pray in my behalf that speech may be given to me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Pray at all times with the Spirit and with every prayer. So it's time to pray, pray, pray. And as I said, as we started, there's no distance. You can pray for Taiwan. You can pray for the Ukraine. You can pray no distance because you can reach out and touch somebody. I mean, they threw that lance. They stabbed people over the spears with that lance. You're going after the devil. And it's time to pray. It's time to pray. As a soldier, it's time to pray. That's the battle. That's the battle. I'm going to close with this. My boss, when I worked for Motorola, we went, we would travel, and we'd go to do sales things here and there. And anytime we got close to his aunt, we stopped and visited. And he goes, this lady's prayed for our whole family. She calls out my name every day, every day, and calls out my sisters, my brothers, her children. She's, she's praying for all of us every day. And then she got moved to a, a, a retirement home she got real feeble, and, she, and the day came she passed away. And he looked at me kind of white, and he goes, "Is a ghost. And he's like, 
who's going to pray? Who's going to pray now? I said, how about you? I mean, he's my boss. We were friends. I mean, how about, how about you? How about you? Will you pray? Will you put on the armor today? Come on, will you show up? So, so bow your heads. Look at your heart. If you're a visitor here today and you don't know Jesus, and today's the day of salvation. Will you accept him as Lord and Savior? I'm asking you to look at your heart. Are you not sure? If you've never prayed and asked Jesus to come in your heart, will you lift your hand today? Never have. Maybe you're in here, you know what? I got saved a long time ago, Pastor, and I have never. I, I just, I've quit serving God. I've just, man, let the enemy distract me and beat me up. If that's you and you want prayer today, just lift your hand. All right. Give you one more second. If that's you, lift your hand. All right, then look at me. Say this with me. Say, today, I take up the armor of God to live for Jesus, my master, my savior, my commander, all the days of my life. I'm going to read the word, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to send angels. Come on, I'm going to send angels. Really? Yeah, when you pray the Word of God, you're sending angels. So that needs to be, I'm praying the Word of God today. I'm sending angels. Today's the day. Say, today's today. I start fresh. I start new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Sermon of the Week. For more information about Legacy Church and other resources, visit us online at LegacyFamily.info.